0: it down. Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans, for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy, Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league.
1: Dodgers pulls off three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Dodgers wins the game at the buzzer!
0: Don't miss a beat. Whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered.
1: Zion for four, for four!
0: The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level.
1: Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony
0: Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. Back here with my buddy across the pond, Ronan, my man. How are we doing?
1: I'm good. I'm glad, I have, I'm glad I have this distraction. I'm waiting on uh, some, some COVID test results. So I'm glad I have this uh, basketball distraction here.
0: Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about COVID in a while, but it's um, unfortunate this is the circumstances. So I hope, hope everything's good over there. Hopefully, uh, we're all doing well. This will be your, your version of uh, the flu game the flu podcast <laughs> episode. So hopefully it's a good one. You know it. So what we're gonna talk about today, we, we prefaced it before. Warriors versus Nets for a lot of reasons. We wanted to talk about the Warriors Nets. I know the game's a couple days old now, but you know this is a game that had a lot of implications, not just for each specific team, but for the league. These are the two teams, you know, we've thought about as franchises, one recently, one for the past decade, as true contenders, a lot of players with a lot of big storylines. So Big expectations going tonight for a neck-to-neck game, something of a statement for each team, really a chance to prove themselves. And I think I I don't want to be the guy who says, Hey, I predicted it. Because honestly, as I was watching it, I didn't believe in my prediction as much as I probably should have. <laughs> this game was over in the early beginnings of the fourth quarter. Steve Nash pulled his bench. I mean, let's, let's let's dive into it, man. Because there's so many moments in here where the Warriors, yet again, we already talked about them last week, but they've really put a stamp on this league as being the best team in the league. There's no questions about it.
1: Yeah, people really are doing all they can to deny the fact that the Warriors might very well be back. And I, I don't get me wrong, I'm one of them. But I, I just I, you can't deny it anymore. You you watch the Warriors play. There's no way that you can deny it. The ball movement, the defensive rotations, the speed—just all over the court. Everything, just clicking for this Warriors team. And with that Steph Curry fella playing the way he's playing, I mean, it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's magical. It's—it's it's unbelievable. And uh, they totally justify their—they're uh, having the best record in the NBA. They're thirteen and two now after getting another win last night. There's, there's no denying this Warriors team anymore. The Warriors are back. They're going to be competing at a high level in the Western Conference and in the playoffs this year. We just got to accept it.
0: Yeah, no, I, dude, I, I won't even – I won't even – I'll take it a step further. I'm not going to balk at that. I, I texted you earlier today. I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to stick with the by the end of it. I, dude, I am absolutely on the bandwagon. Click the seatbelt. Lock me in. I'm not getting off. This this team has shown enough to me where I can't see any other team right now, even when healthy, beating them in a seven-game series. In a seven-game series, I don't see any other team in the league beating them right now. I mean, if you watch – you know, you can talk about early regular season. Just, I'm, I'm tired of all the excuses now. We're 15 games in. These teams have had a full – offseason training camp everything like this is this is real NBA now we have to talk about these things like the Nets had their two stars and it wasn't that KD had an off night I mean this guy is putting in MVP numbers every single night this isn't fatigue this is the fact that this defense held him to 6-19 and I mean they, they threw everything at them even Arno Porter Jr., coming back from the grave, his knees, his back, and everything, he's just been – I feel like he hasn't played real NBA games in almost two years now for a full season. I mean, this dude is playing unbelievable defense. And then you've got guys, obviously, Draymond, the type of defense has been playing. Gary Payton Jr., this guy isn't a meme anymore. He's not just on your Twitter feeds for big dunks. If you watch every minute of Gary Payton Jr., you're like, oh this this is like an all defense player. Absolutely. I mean, they have so many guys on this team who are demons defensively, and the Nets could not handle it. They didn't have the outside scoring. Obviously, Harris was out of this game, but you know I, i'm not I'm not wavering on the reality that this is a, this isn't just a deep playoff team. This isn't where we put them in the beginning because we said their window was big. what I think we capped them at like, oh, this might be like the fourth best team hey, maybe it's the 10th. Dude, this is this is the best team in the East. This is the best team in the NBA. Like, there, there's no doubt about that. And when you said it, like, he, he's back. <laughs> that, that made me think of the you know, Harry Potter when Voldemort's back and everyone's, like, freaking out. Like, <laughs> I'm not just thinking about Curry being back, but, man, the, the Warriors are back. This team looks like pre-Durant Warriors. The ball movement, I mean, we're talking about Warriors and that's now. But they, they had 25 assists on 41 shots. Nice. Last night, they had 36 assists out of their 41 field goals. Like, the ball movement that they have going on, the defense that they have going on, these are all going to stick. And what, what's going to stop Steph Curry from being Steph Curry right now? Nothing. Clearly nothing.
1: Yeah, it's that's just the way it is, especially with him. When you, you look at him and you think there's always certain players, like you look at like Giannis or LeBron and they – if they manage to score a deep three or, or a certain type of shot, you're like, you live with that as a defender. There's nowhere you can really say with Steph Curry, oh, you live with that as a defender. Because Steph Curry's range is everywhere, and everyone knows that his range is all over the court. So you have to be up in his face with a hand there, doing whatever you can to try and distract him. There's no there's no area of the court where you're living with with Steph Curry. having yeah no, he's, he's just that good and he's he's put us all on on enough notice at this stage and a big thing i'm loving seeing out of him as well is his commitment to the defensive game of the warriors mm-hmm. and that's something commentators always go back to when you see your star guy putting in the hustle putting in the effort trying to get steals trying to divert balls and stuff like that when you see a guy like steph curry doing that it just gives the rest of the team that boost and you see why this team is going to be successful because they are as good as their best player and their best player is pretty freaking unstoppable on both ends of the court at the moment.
0: And we got to talk more about the other guys. You talked about um, the, what do we call him, The mitten. I, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like that. He's, he's not the glove, but we, we got to give Gary, uh, got to give Gary Payton Jr. something something a little more fearsome because I mean he he's just a menace but the other guys too the the way that you you know you know who Wiggins looks like too looks like we're talking about pre-Durant Warriors I mean he looks like Harrison Barnes what he's been playing he's putting on a pretty good Harrison Barnes impression Iguodala looks like Iguodala I mean Kevon Looney even even gives you uh uh, what's, what's our Australian friend's name? Um, it gives you an Andrew Bogut impression out there, too. This is smart fundamental passing, fundamental box outs, his ability to really get on the boards. And the scary thing is they have more than that. You got flashes here and there from Moses Moody, who looks like a really great athletic two-way player. And then you get moments recently, the past couple of games, from Jonathan Kuminga who's just gone completely unnoticed. I, I remember <laughs> there's like five, six, seven games into the season. You know, we're looking at highlights of Scotty Barnes. Um, I'm even like looking at highlights, France, Wagner, getting everybody in there involved. And then I'm like, wait, I, I've seen more highlights of Moos Moody. Has Kamiki even played? Like I haven't even like felt his presence at all in the NBA. And then you watch some of these plays over these past few games and dude, he has some wow moments. He has some big wow moments for most of the time, you know, he's really struggling to dribble. I, I think he's, he's struggling with his slow release and in this system, he's not expected to be like a, every single down playmaker like he was in the G league, like he was in high school, but he has some, almost like Audrey Iguodala moments. Like he's really reading his cuts. Well, he has great, great timing on his cuts And who better to throw a lob to than Kamingo? And also, like, his ability to be posting up as a young guy. He's got really good footwork. He's got really, really explosive uh, drives to the hoop off of two feet. Like, if he starts to figure out the mental side of the game, like, that's another guy who is, you know, he's not just a good role player. He's a guy with pedigree. And he's a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be a top four player. And questioning his IQ, questioning all these other intangibles that I think he's learning on this team. Who better to learn from than Draymond Green, than from Andre Iguodala, Clayton, all these guys. Um, so really, really exciting for him, really exciting for Moody um, Poole. We've talked about him plenty. You're even seeing, uh, uh, what, what, what's his face, um, from last year. Um, I'm now, now I'm blanking out his name. The, um, but everyone everyone on this team has been really empowered to be the best version of themselves. And if you get that out of Wiseman this year, <laughs> watch out. This may have been the best bridging of two generations of players on a team ever done in the NBA, if this all works out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my, that's I totally agree. I mean, it's just I always look at the Miami Heat as the example of just one of being the best run team in the NBA, just because they're always so—if not—they're either solid or they're really good and challenging. That's that. That's kind of the only two markers for them, it, it seems almost. And the Warriors are kind of coming on into a similar sort of buzz here now. The fact that after a couple of years losing KD, the injuries to to Steph to, to Clay, the fact that they might be have brought back what was the most dominant dynasty in the modern era of basketball. It's, it's pretty impressive. And and it's, you just have to say respect to the front office, respect to Steve Kerr and just a whole lot of respect to them Golden State Warriors.
0: Yeah. And I, I got it back. And it's my mistake here. Cause I'm, I'm not going to forget Damian Lee uh, who killed the Bulls last year on a crazy, buzzer beater from half court um and also Juan Toscano Anderson gotta gotta give him some shine um (laughs) even Marquise Chris giving getting good minutes out of him um but we've talked enough about the Warriors we can keep talking about them we what do we have to say about the Nets here because they're still top the East they're still looking like you know they're still bona fide contenders, but faced with a defense like this, it's clear that they're not—they're not quite there yet. There's a lot to go right. Just besides Harden's uh, offense, it's not just on Harden. Just,
1: just general coaching from uh, from uh, Steve, uh, Steve Nash too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I can't—I can't say Nets without you immediately going to Steve Nash. What, what do you have against Steve Nash? You got something against Steve Nash. I mean, we need to talk about this.
1: Maybe, maybe I do well, have something against on? Steve Nash, but I just think that it's something that hasn't really been questioned. And it, and it, is, it, is, it, it is a big question because this is a Brooklyn team that are ready to win now, and they're bringing in a rookie coach, no guarantees, no history of pedigree outside of, of an amazing playing career we don't know for sure if he is the real deal as a coach and maybe as we progress in this season, we're going to see that he isn't. That's, that's just the point I'm making. He, he's he got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He's got a lot of, he's got to prove people wrong. Like me, he's got to prove me wrong <laughs> and, and just step up. I mean, it's going to get easier. Harden will figure it out. I mean, he was Okay. The only positive from the other day, obviously, he scored twenty four, but it wasn't really of, of any meaning, really. But uh, he got to the line a lot more, which was which was good to see. I'm sure uh, uh, Steve Nash and the rest of the Brooklyn Nets were happy to see that. Uh, but then he was really sloppy on the ball. He had five turnovers, which was disappointing. So he still got he still got a long way to go to get back to the James Harden we all believe we should be seeing, and I think. Brooklyn thought they were going to be seeing when they uh, when they made the trade for him. But Durant scored below twenty for the first time this season. That's just a testament to the great defense from uh, from the Golden State Warriors. And Patty Mills struggled as a starter. I yeah, think he did. They need uh, they, they need to get their, their their squad back and have him be in the scoring off the bench because starting is not the answer for Patty Mills.
0: Yeah, and you know. We can't ignore Blake Griffin either. He was a stud on the Pistons, and he had he had enough moments last year and enough of a narrative was built around the fact that, oh, well, in a reduced role, he's still going to be a really good role player. I mean, he's got 22 minutes a game, and he's had a key role. Like, the ball touches his hands very frequently. Like his, his, mm-hmm. He's not getting lost out there. He has plenty of opportunity. He's scoring 5.7 points a game. Five rebounds. He gets the line one and a half times a game. This is his lowest. His effective field goal percentage is at 35%. That's a career low. Yeah. Dude, I mean, like everything about he's attempting three shots a game. He's not facilitating. His defense seems to have been taking a step back ever since last year. Everyone was all shocked, like, whoa, like Blake Griffin's playing defense. Like, how long is that going to last? Yeah and yeah. they, i noticed, it, I noticed i'm up. taking
1: charges that's that, that's about it <laughs> yeah well like
0: the only reason he's taking charges is because he can't move his hips anymore anyway so he's <laughs> just going to stand the same eventually the amount of times that you stand still in front of the bucket eventually you're going to catch a charge so that's that's fair. not too hard is <laughs> maybe, maybe make this in advance that it's uh do a do a ratio of time standing still giving up an empty bucket to the amount of charges you get and his would be his would be pretty pretty much even <laughs> if if not lower, um but who who else, who else is to blame here? I, I don't know. You want to blame Nash? You want to blame Harden? Not well, you, know the, well the, you know you know they've all got blame...
1: screwed from that guy who's not taken to the court. We all. Oh, and the, and
0: then we got to blame Kyrie. Dude, we
1: we gotta we gotta got <laughs> just try and keep it keep it on the court. You know.
0: Oh, yeah. Exactly. We like Stephen A. Smith on it. You know. Yeah. I'm. I'm. T- again, this you keep breaking the rules around it like this this is a strict no Kyrie no COVID podcast you've broken both our two rules in one episode but I I guess we give a shout out to to Bruce Brown DeAndre Bembry I mean these guys are the only two guys who I think really had an impact on this game the way the Nets were playing outside honestly I feel like more than Duran and Harden at times I mean yeah they had the points yeah they were leading the way with the ball in the hands but they were the role players who I think had a chance to open things up from the Nets but the mm-hmm. shooting just wasn't there because um, yeah. you're not getting any inside scoring from Blake Griffin you're not getting any inside scoring from Marcus Aldridge like you, you don't have any true centers out there and well, they didn't it's use up to-
1: Lamarcus Aldridge until the third quarter as well obviously they were worried about him on the defensive end mm-hmm. that's the thing
0: to like such limited usage um but again it's it's against right now this is this is all saying this is all with the context of the Warriors being the best team in the league right now but aren't they're supposed to be the second best right <laughs> like yeah we, we we shouldn't be making excuses for the team that we said were the odds on favorite and yeah. when you got Bruce Brown and DeAndre Bambry who had I think amaz- just amazing dives to the Rams the way they just get in there fiercely it's it's so impressive um, to see but when those are your guys who are the only paint threats really like James Harden isn't even he his his presence at the rim has really diminished really diminished Um, like w- w- what do you do as a team like you need to get you need to get guys in there who can put some pressure on the rim and and nobody outside of Durant kind of Harden and then you got to rely on Brown and memory like
1: yeah, they've this they've gotta make a change. I, there. I come back to the coaching because the Nets have lost pretty much every game they've played against anyway decent teams this, this season. Well they are then they're playing teams that they're let's just say that the opposition is expected to have a chance of beating them. The Nets are are, are losing all of the, all of those sort of games, lo- like the likes of the Miami. The Bucks, the Warriors—it's—it's it's the, the Bulls, way that yeah. it's going. That, that yeah, and uh, that's 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 not a good sign for Brooklyn. It's not.
0: It's it's not. Um, I mean, even I'll, I'll even throw in the Hornets there too. Um, so I, I think there's a move here though, because you know you can blame Nash all you want, but dude, is is he going to turn Lamarcus Aldridge into a functional NBA center? No. Is 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 he going to like? Revitalize Patty Mills into like prime Spurs Patty Mills. Like, is that on him? Is it Blake Griffin's knees going to come back from the grave? Like, <laughs> what, what does Steve Nash need to do to get this lineup working? I, 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 I say, you know, I, I would say I don't. I want to see less of of Griffin. I want to see more of them playing small. But it's on the front office too to make a move here that they clearly need more presence inside.
1: Yeah, they 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 kind of they were they 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 realized late with everything that was going on with Kyrie, it was going to be tough for them to make a move then. But I think definitely before the trade deadline, there's going to be some changes to this roster. There's no no yeah. doubt about that.
0: Oh, I I, I absolutely agree. Um, I and mean, we got we got to move on here. You know, we we'll have plenty more opportunity to talk about both these teams. We'll continue to be contenders. But you know, I think at the end of the day, it's unfortunate that it wasn't a closer game because, like I said at the beginning. So many cool storylines between both these teams. I mean, the 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 Nets feel like a collection of salty players who've lost to Curry's Warriors. You got Aldridge, you got Harden, you got Griffin, you got Patty Mills, and then they're led by the Warriors' ex, you know, Titan and Durant, the guy they didn't even need to keep winning and out here to prove that he didn't need them to win and he's getting his ass kicked now. <laughs> and yeah I, I think that if this ends up being the finals match i, I don't think the nets going to play this bad but it'll it'll be a story that i think is worth writing about if the nets can actually figure it out and make it worth writing about um otherwise it's pretty indicative that the rest of these players matchups against this team this franchise is going to continue to be the same
1: big time yeah that, that, that after that performance last night i think james harden should be thinking to himself okay it's time for me to get to get my ass in gear and then really get back to the player that uh, i was back in houston because uh, they they need that james harden right now they need that big time. yeah
0: i will say last point on, on this harden looks to i'm seeing improvements I'm seeing lots of times where, you know, he's not looking for the foul. He he makes his move. And as soon as he's beat his guy, he's got his head down going straight to the cup. And I think the reason why he was really taking advantage of these rules is not just because he's so good at it because, you know, he's not a vertical athlete. He's not, he's not like a Zach Levine type guy. He's just going to soar over guys, score over you, dunk over you, but he's got amazing quickness. I mean, so if he can use that to his advantage, and really rely on that athleticism that has allowed him to be in the position he's in to be getting all those fouls before, you know, he's going to continue to get better. And he he did that. He he really was driving hard to the left. When, when Durant was not playing well, Harden was the only thing keeping their hopes slightly alive. Um, You know, he he's outside shot is still not there yet. And, you know, no one's really scared of his in-between game, but it's good to see him get to the line more and be more aggressive as opposed to, Know, trying to get these fouls, yeah. And I, I obviously got fouled a lot. I I actually you watch him. I think there's a lot of missed calls out there. You know, it's, it's the new game now, but yeah, Aggre- is aggression
1: is. is the first step. First step towards getting getting his uh, getting his game back.
0: Yeah, man. And you know, this a per- perfect way to segue into this team we've been saying we got to talk about the Wizards, a team in the league that things have changed. As physicality defense matters so much more. I think that's saying that. Off good offense always beats good defense. I'm not sure that's 100% true anymore. Look at the Wizards. They've been pretty bad offensively. Beal's been pretty disappointing offensively. But that defense, this is their best start in 47 years, and it's not because of offense. It's because of defense. Defense, defense. Wes Unsell Jr., when he got hired, he preached it. It's something his dad, Wes Unseld Sr., is about. It was a really cool story because their best start in forty-seven years. The last time they had a start like this was Wes Unseld Senior. He was the head coach of this team. Right now, after for three years, I want to say the twenty-eighth, twenty-seventh, thirtieth. But their bottom three defense team, the past three, four, five years. This year, they're fourth. Defensive rating one hundred two point eight. The defensive rebounding, which has been terrible, bottom ten in the past four years, eighth best. And they're not playing just predictable, switchy defense. They've been really, really good. Weston, so Jr, you got to give credit to him. He's been good at choosing matchups. He's been good at deciding when to switch, deciding when to play zone, deciding when to play man. And you see how he makes a lot of different uh, maneuvers on the court. And it's been such an interesting transition from this Wizards team that was known before past few years, John Wall, Bradley Beale as this dynamic offensive team, and now they have a true identity in being. Kind of, I mean, at times a formidable defense.
1: Yeah, that's that's that's, that's why they are where they are this year. They're tied tied third in the East, ten and five record. Look at that last year when they finished thirty four and thirty eight, just about scraped into to the to the playoffs. <laughs> uh, they're 30, not doing it this year. Yeah, they're not doing it this they're, year. They're looking uh, they're looking uh, a little bit a little bit uh, better. They're definitely. A different sort of team it's just a question now of bringing it full circle because you mentioned the the huge improvements they made on the defensive end but last season they were first in pace they were third in points per game and they were 30th in opponents points per game this season they're 24th in pace they're 20th in points per game and they're seventh in opponents points per game so They've really kind of let the offense slide a little bit and really committed to getting the defense right, which is totally fair. It's absolutely what they needed to do. Now it's just a question of getting that offense up that little bit more while not taking away from the defense. That's going to be the real judge of how good of a coach uh, Wes Unsell Jr. is if if he can get it to a bit more full circle rather than just being a strong defensive team and they're kind of slacking that little bit on on the offensive end.
0: Yeah. And I think that, I I absolutely think they're going to get better. Um, There's definitely an adjustment period for players like Brad Beal, who, Mm. I mean, he hasn't had anyone to really pass to and to share the floor with. And now he has a collection of good role players around him. It's it's not just a, a duo. It's not a 50, 50, you, it's him and Russell. I mean, they've got a lot of guys who can produce on this team. Now they're deep and, it was a really interesting game we wanted to take a look last night to see how they would fare against Miami and just i mean a striking matchup here that really gets you thinking about how these two teams are so similar in so many different ways um, but specifically their their defensive identity that's where that's where they stake it and it just it goes beyond uh, a surface level observation of both them um, endorsing defense as their primary focus but just the way that they gel as a team on the defensive end, the communication, the the switches, the the ability for them to really adapt to each other's game plan. It's very Spolstra, Spolstra-esque, you could say. Um, but it, it was beautiful to watch. And I think, you know, the Wizards were down some guys. They're definitely down some guys. So I, I'd want to see this matchup uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. But it, it felt like, you know, Miami, they've been doing this for a little while now. They, they they know how to be the best gritty defensive team that's gonna just out just out hustle you out heart you outsmart you and you know they were the better version of that tonight in a, in a kind of a, a up and coming little brother version in the in washington but i am really curious to see how this team is gonna match up as the wizards as you said continue to get better um yeah and yeah. I just gotta say this one last part yeah the, a lot of people are going to look at them and and say, Hey, you know, it's early on the season, blah, 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 blah. They've never done this good before. Kuzma is a fraud. KCP is going to fold. They got too many young guys. Adia is not going to be this good. And I'll say that, you know, stats are funny, but usually 10 games in things begin to hold from there within, you know, standard deviation, maybe like three ranking points, five, depending on what changes, but their defensive rating isn't, predicated on other teams being particularly bad they've had pretty solid strength of schedule yeah. and they're one of the worst teams enforcing turnovers it's not like they're they're getting a ton of dynamic plays and they're turning teams over and they're just not playing as well they're like no like they're pretty they're pretty bad at that they're not great and they're not good in the paint they're one they're one of the worst uh teams in the league at defending the paint but what they're really good at is forcing bad shots they're first in opponents uh, effective field goal percentage. And they're really, really, and it shows in how they defend the three. I mean, they're first in opponents, three points made, and attempts, and they're second in three point percentage. And this is all for reasons, it's all based on system, all on strategy. And that's, that's going to stick.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly the type of defense that you kind of, you know, that that can be really impactful for when you're playing the better teams. And that's why they've beaten some noticeable teams such as the Bucks, the Hawks, they've, they've beaten the Celtics twice already, the Grizzlies. They haven't just had this handy record and that's why they've got, they've had this strong start. They've, they've had to go up against a lot of teams that that they're going to be competing with That they'll hope they'll be competing with in the Eastern conference. And they have answered the call and they've stepped up and, and got big wins and it's, it's just a testament to the, to the great work they did uh, in the off-season. They, they got a lot of guys with points to prove. They got guys who can defend, and they added some important bench scoring as well. They, they bring in KCP, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrez Harrell from the Lakers uh, for, for Russell Westbrook. KCP is a great role man, and he was a great role man on a title-winning Lakers team. That's a huge addition for Washington. Kyle Kuzma is a guy who is looking to become a perennial all star in this league. And he thinks Washington is the place that he can do that. He started solidly. He can definitely, he's only going to get better from here. But similar to KCP, he was a quality role player in a championship winning team. And then Montrez Harrell is starting to look like the. The great yeah. six man we knew oh, yeah. as an LA Clipper. I mean he he's been he's been awesome. He's already had six games scoring twenty plus, and he's in two of his starts. He scored he scored twenty plus. So he's showing he can do it as a starter, and he can do it coming off the bench. He's already averaging I think around seventeen point four points per game, eight point five boards. This guy's looking like he wants six man of the year. Yeah, the, the Wizards have built. A really decent roster. They've also created an environment where guys like Kispert and Adija can mm-hmm. can grow without too much pressure being on them. And you just have to say respect to the front office because they did some great work in getting getting the coach in and, and getting these these uh, these other starters and bench guys in uh, this offseason.
0: And that, that's gonna uh, that's gonna inevitably transition into what we're gonna talk about a little later uh, in terms of Lakers <laughs> regrets because mm-hmm. Kuzma and Caldwell Pope. I mean, I, I think their, their difference on this team can't be overstated. Um, and if and Dia, that's talk about Dia. Uh He's a sophomore. No one's talking about because a lot of what he does, know doesn't pop out on the box score. A lot of what he does is staying in front of guys. I mean, the way he's disciplined on defense, where he can switch, he, legitimately can play one through four I I don't think he's going to be playing one through five but his foot speed his lateral quickness and just most of all his instincts what jumps off the page when you watch a guy like Abdia at his young age he's got really good instincts he knows where the shots coming from and I think a lot of that comes from film study Um, Mm -hmm. everyone talks about how hard he works how smart he is that was one of the biggest things people were talking about the reasons that you got Doncic comparisons, I mean, weren't really because of his offensive, like his dynamic play, but his intelligence, the way he can pass the ball, the way you can play. And that shows up on defense here. And, you know, he's a part of the two best uh, five-man lineups, part of the Wizards that have been dominating the league right now. Um, his defensive rating, you know, I, I don't want to, <laughs> a lot is wonky about defensive rating, so I, I don't even think I want to say it because he, if you pull up leaders in defensive rating around the league, and even if you filter for minutes, like you're gonna get some weird guys out there that don't belong in that list. But for, for him, at least, you really sh- see how good he's on defense in Kispert He's got a really, really smooth shot that's translating to the NBA. The numbers will, will get there eventually as he gets more time, more experience in the league. But you can see that he has a size and he has a lateral quickness to play some minutes at the four. Because I, I think a lot of concerns that people had about him were his, was his ability to play at the three. And you know, he wasn't going to scale up and um, scale down rather and play against ones and twos. But a lot of people question his strength. I think he has a lot of strength to stay in front of this, some of these bigger guys. You know, even having some minutes getting switched on to Jeremy Butler. I mean, he looks like he physically fits and as he gets more experience i think he'll i think he'll come around to being a really good two-way player and what you see now is you got the wizards and they got a lot of legitimate two-way players they got a lot of legitimate contributing role players and the more we have this conversation just about defense talking defense 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 last year was all offense offense like there's there's so much more that defense this year is doing to contribute to legitimate winning and it, it's made me think about how these rule changes don't just have an impact on individual players, individual teams, but they're really going to start to shape the league in a way because of the Wizards being a re- on the top of the East with a bad offense and a really good defense. Like that's, that's something that is, I mean, you haven't seen since the Pistons. Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious where, where this is going to go for the Wizards, especially once they get Beal going. Their offense, I think, is going to come. I don't think they'll stay being this bad. They've been dynamic for so long. They have too many pieces, too many shooters, and their, their slumps are not going to continue. So I, when we asked whether the Wizards are real or not, I think the evidence is right in front of us. No matter what you want to say about, you know, there's too much history right now to just easily endorse them as definitely being a playoff team like a top four playoff team but I think there's enough evidence immediately behind them that shows us that this is definitely going to be a bona fide playoff team the top 16 and there would be have to be something major that changes because they're only going to get better on offense
1: hey given that they made the playoffs last year I think we're we can safely say that they are a uh... They are good. They they are good to make the playoffs. Well, year. I
0: said. I mean, I said thirty four wins this year it is not getting in the playoffs this time.
1: It's not, uh, but I, I believe that they they will they'll, they'll they'll do better this year. I think, mm-hmm. and I think it, it helps that they have made this strong start, and some teams that are going to be contenders around them have made some slower starts, such as Boston, such as Atlanta. There are two teams in the East that have made slower starts and they, they they've got the head start on them so if yeah they can continue with this good defensive trend and they add that offense into it a little bit more beal gets going that's good co- that could prove huge this 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 positive start could, pre- could prove so huge for this wizard season
0: and let's talk now about we see you already said it the the regrets there's a lot of regrets across the league i want to talk about now maybe not top 10 but some of the biggest regrets that we think teams might have had over the offseason and you know why why don't we start there let's i hate to just keep raining on the lakers parade um or not not parade raining on their what feels like their their funeral right now (laughs) but caruso we talked about it already and now we talk about the Wizards and just how dynamic they look defensively, how they look like they have guys who are really bought in, that fit into the system. And there's so many questions right now about when the Lakers are going to turn it around. And the answers are there. they're just not wearing Lakers jerseys anymore. And it's crazy. I mean, the, the, they're missing the defense. They're missing the three-point shooting. They're missing the unselfish passing. They're missing the guys who really can run in transition, and they're not in Lakers uniforms anymore. I mean, they have to really regret how they operated this season. And I think, you know, it a lot of it might have been the way it ended. And there's a question about, you know, is, is this is this the team that's going to win it again? Are we, should we change things up? And I think they went way too far to shake up a roster that in reality, I think, was very undervalued in their ability to make the Lakers a legitimately good team, even without LeBron.
1: Yeah, it's it's looking like they just they, they they got an idea in their head and they were too stubborn to consider anything else when that's that's just the way it felt when it came to to uh Russ, to making the Russell Westbrook deal not not resigning Caruso I think was the the real crazy one for me. I think that was especially hearing how it's gone down now the fact that he got the offer from the Bulls went back to the Lakers and they had no interest. I think that's just, that was just crazy. I think they will, they will definitely live to regret that decision. But I respect what they did trying to get a third start because of the way last season went the injuries to AD, the injuries to LeBron. They felt like they needed a third guy that could take over for probably large periods of the regular season when they were probably looking to rest AD or rest LeBron. Oh, yeah, he knows how to
0: take over, but does he know how to take care of the ball? That's the (laughs) the problem.
1: It's just looking like now Westbrook just was not the right decision at all, and now you're looking at them and you're thinking, God, they should have wrapped up the deal for DeRozan the way he's playing, God damn. Hmm.
0: Well, I... I, I definitely think – I don't even know if that's a regret, though, because quite honestly, I don't think they had a chance to get him. And the reason for that is, you know, the, the, Bull, the Bulls really put in the work to get him as big of a contract as they could have. I mean, that that contract was not getting matched by anybody else. I mean, he was going to get a mid-level at best. I mean, he's making, he's making more than five times that right now. So yeah, I, I just don't – yeah, I, I think, you know, I think it, it's a two. There's two reasons for it. One is you wow a guy who's a who's a Laker at heart. I mean, DeRozan's from Los Angeles; that's his home. Um, and shout out to Rosen, I mean, of course, averaging thirty-five, five and five while he was at home. But it, the Bulls had to pay him, and I, I don't think that was that was ever going to be in the cards for the Lakers with how aggressively Vooch. And Eversley, the GM who drafted him, those two guys, talent to come over to Chicago, and them throwing him that much money—it was, was just never going to happen. But I mean, I, I think the bigger missed opportunity wasn't to Rosen; it was the easy switch of, you know, you want to make a change. All right, go for arguably the best three-point shooter in the league, um, outside of Curry, because you know, let's call him the best player in the league right now. But Buddy Healed, that that would have—that's going to be the most glaring error of the season because not just Caruso maybe we talked about why Caruso is missing but of course the three-point shooting is just something that's plaguing plaguing the Lakers and they're going to regret that they're going to regret this rush trade for a decade because this rush trade and unless unless you trust them to pull some deal to get Russ out of there and turn him into something productive, which is not happening. That's not happening. It's impossible. Even, even, even the best GM on the planet with all the answers like would not be able to put it together. If it, he's going to be the waste of LeBron's, I mean, the rest of his career, he yeah. could be. He could be a major contributing factor to if LeBron never wins another championship in his career.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's not, uh, not 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 too much else to to, to say on that one. I, yeah, I think uh, we'll move on, and uh, we'll, uh, I'll lay out one of my one of my major regrets, and I, I'm, I'm moving over to Denver, and I'm saying yeah. them committing like they did to Michael Porter Jr. They went big on well, Michael MPJ five year, hundred and seventy two million that could rise to two hundred and seven million. And you're telling me that he deserves that more than DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah. but no. And unfortunately yeah. now we're seeing the major issue with Michael Porter Jr. It's health. The guy is not able to stay healthy. He's got, obviously he's got chronic back issues. They're coming back to haunt him now. He was playing pretty goddamn terrible up until then. and Denver are looking really mediocre without obviously they're they're waiting for Murray to get backwards. While while it's just Jokic and now they don't have Michael Porter Jr., it's uh the nuggets are looking are looking mediocre and I'd say that that they, they might just be regretting that big that big deal for MPJ.
0: Yeah, and we, we talked about it earlier on and I thought Michael Porter Jr. was so obviously going to have such a good season. I think they thought so too. I think everyone thought so too. Every basketball nerd, every, everyone who's using the eye test, everyone who loves the analytics, everybody thought MPJ was going to have a really good season. Maybe not a, an all-star season, but a really good season. And they paid, I feel like for the respect that he'd garnered around the league, because, you know, that's, what you could say is the right thing to do. You're paying for current market value because current market value was his projected ability that was coming up. I, I think that I, I got to look up the money, but I, I think the amount that they paid him was the same that he would have matched for. Um, yeah, just no bird rise. I, I I'm almost positive. They didn't have to lock in this price. They didn't have to lock it in. So to do it this early and to ruin their financial flexibility and to kind of, you know, as an asset as well. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is, there's no longer a delta. There's there's no difference between his current price and what he's actually worth. Right now, it's, it's a complete negative. It's a, he's completely inverted his value. And... You know, maybe it's a small market move, maybe that's what they had to do I don't know, it, it felt like they weren't really pressed to do it. it, it felt like it came out of nowhere
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the, the small market move and possibly Murray's injury as well, they felt like they yeah. needed to make a big statement so other factors definitely played their part in that, but certainly, no no doubt, our re- regret for Denver this offseason
0: <laughs> um, And we'll see tonight Nuggets against Bulls um I, I think Jokic, I just gotta throw this prediction out. Jokic is gonna maybe have a near, he's easily gonna have a triple double. and He's probably gonna score 35-40 points
1: tonight. Hey, if the if the uh, 76ers could beat the the Nuggets, I think your bull should have a pretty good shot.
0: Uh we we could use the center. We'll see how Tony Bradley does. But um I, I think they'll be fine. I I think they they're gonna lean on Jokic. He's the type of guy who's gonna figure things out. But they need Murray to come back, like you said. MPJ, hopefully he can figure out some. I, I feel like my expectations have gone down to him being a role player now. But um, but, we'll, we'll see how, if if that's a regret that's gonna stick. Um, I know the other two will, but I'm, I'm I'm thinking that I'm thinking that things will will turn around by the end of the season. But right now it doesn't look good.
1: Oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that from you.
0: <laughs> Another Western Conference team, Lonzo Ball, not getting matched by the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram demanded he stayed behind closed doors. I mean, there's several smoky reports about that. Zion Williamson absolutely asked for him to stay. And office said no, said no. Um, if you take a look at how their defensive rating is tanked, their ability to defend guards, opposing guards, are destroying them this year. Their assists are down. The number of passes a game are down. Their pace of play is down. And all those are things that are pretty much, pretty much up across the board with, for the Bulls. Pretty obvious to see the impact that Lonzo has right now on the Bulls and that he was having and should be having right now with the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans' season looks a lot different with Lonzo Ball out there and Brandon Ingram trying to hold down the fort for Zion to come back because, dude, it's it's already m- almost the end of November, and I think the Pel- the Pelican season is just about officially lost. It's over. Like they they are about to have a third consecutive season of losing and losing badly, and. <laughs> When do we really start to ramp up these Zion rumors? Um, Zion's an issue in and of itself, given he hasn't even seen the court yet. There's still questions about his ability to stay healthy, but not having Lonzo Ball to hold down the fort and give some stability, not just on the court, but as a franchise, that is massive. That That could really be a pretty big domino in – the scary times ahead for this franchise.
1: Yeah, well, no surprise Pelicans making making bad decisions like that. I mean, that, was, <laughs> that, that struck me as just another feeling of just them thinking they're a bigger market than they are or just having terrible scouts, terrible front office people and not realizing how important Lonzo Ball was to them. I mean, they replaced him with Devontae Graham, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I, I like Devontae Graham, but just completely different player to what Lonzo Ball yeah. is gonna is gonna give to you. But I mean, yeah, it's just that's just Pelicans for you, isn't it? I mean, the main thing I'm looking for with Zion is how much of it is just him and how much of it is the situation that he's in. Because you keep hearing rumors already even that he wants out there as soon as he possibly can. Would he be working that little bit harder to be healthy where he playing in a situation where he knew he was going to come back to be playing good, fun, winning basketball? Yeah, yeah. Dude, why, why would he want to
0: stay there right now?
1: Well, what about Brandon
0: Ingram? I, we, we'll, we'll talk maybe once. I, I think it would be interesting to take a really early look at, at – you know what, what's the what's the boiling point of some of these teams? I think the boiling point of the Pelicans in terms of players wanting out, um, Eric Bledsoe style, get me out of here tweets. The boiling point for the Pelicans is significantly lower than any other team I could think of in the league right now, yeah. and I, <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. They just the, what a what a pivot from a team that you know they they get um david griffin out there and they win the lottery they win the lottery with what was it 11 percent chance 10 percent chance they win the lottery for zion williamson they get this pretty nice haul for for anthony davis brandon ingram rising star lonzo ball really hopeful i mean maybe he'll be a really good role player and i mean they even had julius randall on that team and what do they what do they get for a guy right now who's a most improved player and leading the Knicks into relevancy. Dude, this team is really pivoted from being a a team that's filled with talent, top to bottom to on the verge of losing another generational star. Well, maybe I've been, that's just so trained to me to say that about about Zion right now, but I've got to backtrack. We need to see more because I think this whole situation isn't just Zion, the amazing player being ruined by New Orleans, but it's, there's a duality there that, that can't be glossed over. Um,
1: and, then, and then for this argument, we'll, we'll say it that, though, that <laughs> way.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll make the, the Pelicans look as, as worse as they can. Um, but, yeah, we've we, these, these are some pretty serious ones. Um, you know, when we start to think long-term. Um, but, I mean, do we want to say West? I think a lot of the East, so much of the East feels better. A lot of the East feels like a lot of teams – were patient when they should have been patient, and made moves when they should have made moves. Um, you don't see a lot yeah. of that in the West. To, I feel like the most small, of the, West. the
1: small stuff in, in the East. Like I, I have, like Goran Dragic being forced to the bench in Toronto. That's that's just disappointing for me. I just like I just feel like he could be having a positive impact in the league somewhere. But unfortunately, he's 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 riding the bench in Toronto, which which is disappointing. But other than that, are you, uh, are, you that are you part Slovenian? <laughs> no, I I just know this is a guy you you can make an impact as a as even a backup point guard somewhere in the league.
0: <laughs> Raptors, Raptors, we just must uh, be that depressed about Goran Dragic not getting playing time.
1: Okay, fine. I, how about how about the <laughs> Celtics not acquiring a proper point guard? That's that's a regret. They are really missing a proper point guard. It's literally like when it's Brown and Tatum on the floor together, it's just whichever one of them ends up with the ball is like, okay, I'm going to find a way to put up this most difficult shot. And then you can do it the next time. That's just the way that it looks out on the floor. And like you think of someone like Dragic, I don't know if they were in for Larry, if they tried to make a move for him before he went to Miami. Rubio is another example of a guy that could have such a huge impact on this Boston team. But damn, they are slowly meandering towards falling into a similar sort of trap to Portland. I'm going to say just the fact they not committing Mm. to either Tatum or Brown and not, just doing the best to build a team around one of them, and, and not really figuring out which is the star for this team.
0: That, that's a that's a really good comparison. That that but no, I me mean, I feel like right now, uh, the the Trailblazers are like good like right now, not today. Trailblazers last yeah. year's Trailblazers, yeah. like the past four or five years, the Trailblazers actually have in the past decade, I believe they have the best regular season. They have the longest streak getting the playoffs and they have the top three regular season uh, uh, win percentage. Like that is a, a bonafide, like amazing team that you know, was in the West that had to beat the Durants, beat the Warriors. And that, that's just not something that happened for a lot of those teams. I, I, I think that's their ceiling. The Celtic ceiling right now is to be a really good version of the trailblazers. And they're not even – I don't even think they're close to that. Um, And maybe the bigger regret, not just point guard, but I don't want to be like you. I don't want to trash these coaches. It's not fair from time to time. But Imi Yodoka, I think, has been a good – has had really good intangibles – just given the reports from the locker rooms that you hear a lot about how players really respect him and what he's doing. And there's only seems to be positive vibes. And there's, there's no, no one's leaking any information. No one's saying anything bad about his leadership style, like nothing like that. Like that always gets out. If, if coaches are bad in the locker room, bad leaders, like that always, always gets out. But I don't think that this team was necessarily set up to fail because it, I feel like the the parts felt very functional. It, it felt like you know they didn't need necessarily like a lead point guard. It felt like Al Horford was going to be a really good hub, and same with Marcus Smart. And th- there would just be a really good egalitarian like way of playing. That's kind of the vibe over the off season. It just hasn't materialized. It's the same. It's the same it was last year, and I don't think we've seen enough difference dy- dynamically on the court, offensively or defensively, that suggests that there were serious changes to a team's play style that needed serious changes so i feel like the regret almost is it Yudoka. Mean, i don't want to i don't want to put that in cement right now because that's just not fair to it i mean he hasn't had 20 games i mean i, I want to give him 20 games but it's a creeping regret if guys like rick carlisle was an option hmm. um, but i mean you'd love to see them give a chance on Yudoka and deserves more time we'd give players more time so I wouldn't I wouldn't put him in in the hot seat at all but it's it's a wonder that a team that needed to be somewhere quicker than most chose a slower route with a coach who needs time to grow and a team who immediately needs to change that's just what it feels like in terms of regret yeah yeah no
1: that's fair but I'll definitely say they would—they'd be doing a lot better if they had uh, even Dragut or Rubio instead of Dennis Schroeder <laughs> on their team.
0: You—you you managed to loop in your—I know this is all about your disdain for uh, Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> I know—I know what this is about. But Rubio, I—I feel like he's yeah. a regret for. I mean, huge ad for the Cavs. Huge, huge ad. Um, every career year of shooting. I mean, um, I don't know where that came from, but in the
1: garden
0: that where it came from the the Wolves they I think they regret swapping Rubio for Pat Bev and Pat Bev's done a lot of things good for them defensively but I feel like that identity hasn't I mean Pat Bev's contributed to it but I feel like that identity has stemmed from their whole team as a unit I think that's that's come from everybody That's not just been Pat Bojev comes in and everybody just gathers around him and becomes a better defender. I think everyone's really bought in to that identity. But they really still miss a true facilitator. I think there's so many moments when these really talented offensive players on the court and Anthony Edwards and D'Lo and Cat, they could really use a guy that can facilitate and really get them set up. There's so many times where it feels hectic, where it feels like they need something to slow it down. They need someone who's really going to stable the ship. And Rubio does that time and time again for the Cavs, um, who have fallen to just over 500 right now, but have really been on a roll this year. I mean, they've, they've played well, and they've been much more fundamentally sound. I think that's a tribute to coaching. But I think Ricky Rubio's had a huge, huge contribution to that, that the Wolves right now, who've had so many spurts, like near, near losses and, t- and just really good quarters, really bad quarters. And there just needs to be some stabilizing force that Rubio would have had a huge play in that I think could have allowed them to be looked at a lot more seriously this season.
1: Yeah, and I think that will lead us into uh, the final point we want to talk about here. And that's why I think most people still want to see Ben Simmons, <laughs> yeah, in Minnesota, I think that's that's a, that's a big reason why. But just on that point, I think you're you're absolutely right. I I think Beverly is Beverly is Patrick Beverly. Like he's going to come in and have and have a positive impact on the on the defensive end. He's that definition of the guy that you want on your team and you absolutely don't want to play against. You know, but he he's not exactly what the what the Timberwolves are in need of uh at this at this very moment I think they the defense is coming just from getting used to the coach and 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 the whole team just buying into it and I think yeah I think they'd be maybe have an extra win or two this year had they had Rubio uh still still in their ranks
0: yeah um with Ben Simmons I think he's he's at our peak of regrets this season at least for me yeah um we could talk about all the rumors all the different players and you know guys like CJ McCollum Malcolm Brogdon and TJ Warren list goes on but it was so clear that Daryl Morey was committed to this fantasy that Ben Simmons value was something that it just wasn't and isn't, and is much higher than it is now. I mean, he really, really overplayed his hand. Um, A guy that has garnered incredible respect for a good reason um, in his time turning around the ship for Houston and getting Harden in there and just flipping everything for stars and finding role players on the scrap. I mean, this guy is, when we talk about stars in the NBA, this guy's a star, is a GM, done it all. But he really screwed this one up, man. He really screwed this one up. They, You want to get somebody for the guy that you wanted Simmons to be when in reality you just need a guy who, number one, is not going to be Ben Simmons, as a.k.a. causing headlines, causing headaches. And B, is going to be a real contributor to a – I mean, a, a fringe championship team. And I, I mean that with, like, all due respect. I, I mean that as in they're, they're like a piece – Piece away from being a legit contender, um, I don't want to say legit, but like I, I can't put them in the same breath as the Bucks, as the Nets when they don't have someone to fill the shoes of Ben Simmons in terms of, of stardom, in terms of like realistic uh, uh, contributions on a playoff atmosphere. Um, so I, I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunity. It's only to get worse, but. I don't know what do you think? Do you think they could have made a move? Like it there's there's so many
1: so I'm many rumors surrounding had what the move I to have made a move. I just think Murray just just thought he could get too much, thought he was in too much of a position of power which he just wasn't in at yeah. all. I mean, it wasn't just the fact that the the 76ers kind of wanted Simmons out after everything that happened in the playoffs last year. I think the feeling Simmons was getting off the the franchise he wanted he wanted to move away as well it, it was it was coming from both ways and other teams realized that they they noticed they 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 first of all they witnessed the, the postseason performance oh yeah let me buy in on that real quick he was really bad in, in the postseason That's it's just as simple as that his value dropped to probably a, an all-time low and yet They still hold off and yet they still say, We want to trade for a star. And you're really just negatively impacting your team so much. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you might not get a star. You might get a really decent role player or two. You might get a really decent draft pick or two. Just go with that and rebuild from here. You're only going to make things worse by holding on to him. They could have made a deal. If they wanted to make a deal, they could make one. It's not going to be star for star or whatever they think they they should be getting for it. They just need to get a role player, and especially with the way the likes of Seth Curry and uh, and Maxi have have stepped up uh, so far this year. I mean, maybe maybe you just need another good role player, and that and you get Embiid back and playing to his top level, and you'll be in a good position to to compete at the top of the East again, but. The whole Simmons situation just needs to end. Everyone needs a fresh start. We just need to be done talking about this and move on. But, yeah, 100% top of the list in terms of regret. Maury, you're meant to be good at your job. Get this shit sorted out.
0: I don't know. I feel like this is a product of um, – I mean, these, these are worlds apart, but I feel like it's, it's a smaller example of what happened with Jerry Krause and the Bulls. I mean, Jerry Krause was so good at his. I mean, the team he put together was the greatest team of all time. The, the, the guys he put in there, the, the moves that he made to get Dennis Rodman in there, to make a trade for Scottie Pippen, um, to you know something that wasn't very often done to bring in the to bring in uh, Tony Kukoc, um, hmm. and that led to him thinking that he's good enough to just build another team. One of the biggest examples of GM arrogance of all time, um, but. I feel like it's a similar moment here, where, dude, everyone's told Maury, like, you know, he's he's being handed the keys of dying franchise, and in the Rockets, you know, he's like, all right, I'm gonna turn things around. How? Getting the third best guy on a really good young team turned Harden to a star. Got got D'Antoni in there, made Tony. I mean, no, D'Antoni is already a a really really good coach. I mean, arguably, with Harden, I mean, he, I mean, it's crazy to say, maybe not a legendary coach, but he he furthered D'Antoni's legacy as, like, an amazing coach knows how to coach stars. He, he gave guys like, you know, P.J. Tucker, he gave him a real name in the league. I mean, he's already building it, but he gave him a real name. Trevor Reza revived himself there. Like, there's just so many examples of what Daryl Moore did, right, that a lot of people were like, oh, you can't do that. Like, you, this, this isn't going to work out. And he really defied that so in this moment the whole league is just like saying like cj mccollum in every first round pick in history like Jalen brown and several first round pick, like are you crazy and durham always used to that i mean how many people are telling him oh you're crazy but he's he's good enough to do it it's almost like he's too good for his own good where he goes from all right we're not gonna get damian lillard okay we'll uh this came out two days ago. Just, okay, we'll get James Harden. Just, okay, fine. No, no Dame. All right, just give us Harden. I'll, I'll lower my asking <laughs> price down.
1: It's insane.
0: It's insane. It's insane.
1: Hey, he's watched the last dance. Now he knows what happens when people get too cocky. You know, he needs to. He needs to, He needs, to, he, needs to, he needs to take a take. A look, take a <laughs> he kind of has him. the look too. He's <laughs> he has the
0: build. Like <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to body shame on this podcast. That's not what this is about. But um the only realistic one that really intrigued me really intrigued me this is the first one i saw that came from reputable source it came from um the philadelphia beat so it's not just some instagram rumor mill this is came right from the philly beat that Jeremy grant is being targeted for simmons that that is something that makes more sense And and i like that this is coming from from philly directly because you know that that carries a little more weight to me those sources And that does a lot. That does a lot for this team. Can you imagine with Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Jeremy Grant, Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey? That's a really good starting five. And I think Jeremy Grant does a lot of things to continue to help this team be an elite defense, Mm -hmm. another off-ball player for Embiid to work off of. He's become a really good three-point shooter, and he's done a lot with the ball in his hands. I think him and Tobias Harris I I feel like are on very, very similar levels um uh, that that is something me. yeah
1: 100 especially I uh, know i don't, don't want it be shaming uh, them uh detroit or anything but when when you hear kind of like a small market team and they're kind of big star that's kind of emerged over the last couple of years you kind of think yeah that's that's realistic that's that's a trade that probably is gonna could come about i mean the the pistons are still a really young team but Jeremy Grant is this guy who's shown himself to be a perennial all-star and a guy who probably deserves to be playing on a team that are going to be competing in the playoffs. So when you hear a rumour like that, especially like you say when it's coming from Philly, you really start to believe it and you hope that a deal like that should definitely be something that that Daryl Morey and the 76ers consider because it, it could definitely improve their team and it could definitely be... It definitely a a worthy, uh, a worthy trade. Yeah,
0: this is a, this is a trade that makes sense. There's so many ways to do it financially that there's not really any reason it wouldn't work out. Um, And also for the Pistons, they're, they're a bad team, but getting Cade changed their trajectory because they're no longer looking to roll the dice. They got their guy. I, this team really believes in Kate. Really believes in Kate, and I'm beginning to believe in him too.
1: Um, I that, stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't I didn't waver the, the first few games, but it obviously was kind of a rough beginning. I mean, he said a tough ankle, begin mm-hmm. the season, and he's young, but they believe in him, and he's showing early signs of being the guy for this team. And Killian Hayes, who knows if he comes around, but he's also a blue-chip talent who's supposed to be, you know, I mean, he already is a very good passer, very good defender. He's shaky off ball shooting, but he'll figure it out. I, I, I believe he will. I mean, he's too good to, to not figure it out. You have Ben Simmons, to that that young nucleus. That is huge for this team. They will give up future first for that. They will absolutely give up future first for that because I think they already have – the guy that they need to build for the future. And I think Ben Simmons furthers that identity that the Pistons should really get back to. Just imagine an elite defense. We talked about the Wizards gaining an identity. Imagine the Detroit Pistons, former house of the bad boy Pistons, house in the palace. Like this gritty, if they can get back to gritty defense and they can get back to the identity that made put them on the map, and do it with a bunch of uber athletic wings who can play defense: Sadiq Bay, Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes. I mean, even Josh Jackson. I think this this team could look really good with Benson. And Ben Simmons brings them not just from a a team that's looking to be in the playoffs, but I think that can look forward and be solidly in the playoffs for years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You heard it. You heard it here first, guys. Philly, Detroit. Let let let's make let's make this happen. Ben Simmons for Jeremy Grant and whatever else needs to be done to make it work, because that'll be a cool trade for both teams, and it could really shake things up in the East. Dude, literally everything,
0: everything. Like Isaiah Stewart and Kelly Olenek are just perfect bigs to run next to Ben Simmons. Like the wing, like it's it makes too much sense right now. Like it it almost. Makes too much sense to happen, but I, I really hope so. Nothing I, I ever hope makes sense
1: with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, though. Come on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that honestly that will make more that will that will that will make the most sense that we've seen in uh in in Philly's time with Ben Simmons. But we we got an important game to tonight that we got to see um, Celtics and Lakers. I'm not, I'm not sure is is LeBron making his comeback tonight?
1: I kinda. I hope not almost. I, I can't believe I'm actually saying those words, yeah. but uh more so just because the fact that it's not like 100 percent he's there, it's still 50-50. I'd say 50-50. Give, give give him a give him more give rest. him an extra day or two.
0: Let the Lakers slide some more. I'd I'd love to see it. But <laughs> <laughs> a lot of regrets tonight. We 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 lamented them and I, I I think I think there's a lot of them. We won't be we won't be wrong about a lot of them. We'll we'll see about MPJ in the future. We'll see about Udoka. But, man, it's another, another night of basketball, another night of seeing whether the Celtics are going to choke or not, and against another big choker in the Lakers. So this will be so an still interesting just got choke a gift.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> But until next time, guys, thanks for joining us on this Friday. Always happy to be bringing you this content week to week. Um, we're always linking our, our social media out here. So get out there, holler at us, join us. Send us your comments, your questions, anything like that so we can get it on the show and talk about it. And until then, take care.
1: Peace. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Coast to Coast. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show. And remember... Take every shot and love every moment.